0: So, Evan, I understand that we've gotten a complaint recently that some of our intro jokes haven't been
1: uh, funny. I, I've heard that they haven't landed.
0: They haven't landed, which says something, because it's just you and me here. It's just, like, if it doesn't land, that means one of us doesn't like it. <laughs> and I, I feel like we like each other's jokes. I don't know. but Whatever the case, I we hear you, dear listeners. We're trying to make changes that you'll be pleased with. And I... Uh, I have something I'm ready to, to share with you, Evan. I guess it's more of an anecdote than anything. So what you're telling me, Luke, is that you've you've brought your A game. I've brought my A game with an A game. Again, it's more of an anecdote. It's not a joke or anything, but I, I thought I'd just share a little bit. I just had a, a a lovely a lovely bite to eat today. Um, a little a little bit of seafood. I thought that might be nice. I sea critter. I might also say I, I call it a crit. I I get it from this guy. He's kind of a he's kind of a street type. He's kind of a a hoodlum, if you will, and he's Irish. His name is uh, Ostrig. um, It wasn't a freshwater bite to eat that I had either. It was was the secret of Thug Ostrig that I had today. (laughs) The secret of Thug Ostrig. Uh, I, I don't really remember what it was I was going to say about it, but I really enjoyed it. Did you, would you enjoy that, Evan?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, listeners, what you just heard is why the reason more people don't listen to <laughs> Scooby Dudes, a podcast where two best friends talk about their favorite meddling kids. And the Dumb Dog too. I'm Luke. My name is Evan.
0: And we're the Scooby Dudes. Um, I I hope you enjoyed that little opening bit. We are covering The Secret of the Ghost Rig, episode 3. Completely, on a completely unrelated note. Oh yeah, we are covering The Secret of the Ghost Rig. I'm trying to say it without saying The Secret (laughs) of the Ghost. It's episode 3 of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. We're returning to this series.
1: We said we were going to do this every 11 episodes. We will try to do better. 44 is when we will do we get uh, it listeners
0: you're pissed you're angry you've had to wait like an extra three episodes for this or something it's you have every right to be uh, furious so before
1: before we dive into this before we play the theme song we just wanted to give you a little bit of breakdown again if you want to listen to the past episodes listen to 11 listen to 22 and then you will be caught up
0: and and you know what i'll pull back the curtain here and i'll say that i messed up and i watched the next episode episode 4 the man crab episode instead of this and that pushed back our recording time but it's a better episode so you know if you can go listen to that episode instead if it's out already
1: listen to episode 44
0: (laughs) yeah 44 yeah we'll be on schedule this time uh if it's not out yet We're still gonna have fun. This is still gonna be a great episode. And let me tell you what this episode is gonna be about. This is the secret of the ghost rig. The premise, if I may. Yes, sorry. Oh, thank you. Uh, (laughs) You may. The gang have to stop a ghost truck from haunting a highway, help Daphne dodge Rung Latterton, a boy who her parents want her to date because he's heir to the Latterton Ladder Company, help Fred's dad get reelected for mayor, and find out who's stealing the town's crystal doorknobs. So, those are each different things the gang have to do. They have to stop a ghost truck, they have to help Daphne with this guy, Rung Latterton, and they have to uh, get Fred's dad re-elected mayor and get the town's crystal doorknobs. That's a lot.
1: Burdensome. Burden? Ah, okay. Yeah, rule. It's burgeoning.
0: It's blossoming.
1: Luke, are, you're, you're familiar with comedy. You're familiar with, like, the rule of threes. Uh, yes, so in theory. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, When when, when, uh, the, the three different things, once you've listed those three, uh, mm-hmm. you tend to go for a fourth and a fifth. <laughs> fifth. I get <laughs> greedy. See, my thing with the rule of threes is
0: when I hit three, I think, oh, I'm on the upward rise. This stock is going all the way up. Yeah, yeah. Don't get off this train. You, you don't realize that it's a bell curve, that the three is the, it's the e- apex. I think of it like that business theory, you rise to your level of incompetence where like you get promoted until you reach a position that you can't do effectively. Like I'll keep going on bits until I reach a bit that doesn't do, that doesn't work. (laughs) And then I'll cut that bit out and hope that our listeners don't realize that we're Two dudes
1: talking about Scooby-Doo Two dudes
0: just like you Unless you're a lady, mm-hmm. this show is for ladies too If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doo See the joke there, Evan, was that I... edited myself out
1: sorry are we back like we're back after the cut after the theme song is that what we're doing right now yeah we're back that was the theme song this is the episode the secret of the ghost rig uh so for our listeners who listened to our episode 32 um we did a little bit of a different approach there we uh we read out a synopsis and then we sort of hit the highlights and the lowlights of that episode uh and we wanted to try that again this week just because this episode did not wow us
0: it's a weak let's be honest it's a weak episode and that's you know what i love scooby doo i like a lot of stuff about this series this isn't the strongest mysteries incorporated we've
1: seen yet i mean yet. like what what are we at we're at episode 34 and i don't think yeah. we've ever watched an episode that i have had such a
0: lackluster response to well it's not really pushing that much forward what I've realized, partly because I've seen the next episode after this, is that for all of its big machinations and big picture stuff that Mystery Incorporated does, it feels kind of slow, like it hits the same beats
1: again and again. Uh, so, which, which is all to say, um, we're, we're just going to go through, we're not going to do that standard, like, blow, blah blow, blow, this happens, mm. and this happens, and this happens. We're just going to talk about the parts of the episode that we liked that stood out to us, that we thought would bear discussion. Uh, and so I want to open up this talk by asking you, Luke, I, I know mm. horror movies are not really your genre. Not not really my
0: thing, but I've seen a good few, and a few that I've enjoyed. Have you... A good few and a
1: few good ones. Have you ever seen Jeepers Creepers? I have not seen Jeepers Creepers. Uh, the last time I referenced this film was back when we did Jeepers It's the Creeper, when I, uh, and I'm doing air quotes, read the synopsis to the episode.
0: <laughs> and it was Jeepers, yeah, I do remember that now. That was the first time I'd learned what
1: this film was. The 2001 so, American-German horror film. So the thing about Jeepers Creepers is that um, it's it's always people, I guess they're like driving out in the Midwest or something? like Or like qu- corn country? I don't, you know, it's like out in like, um, I was going to say the boonies, but that's Weird to say because, boonies and implies mountains. Like that's literally like what. Oh, is that literally what that means? Like, I didn't know that. Um. So American GIs who were in the Philippines, um. The Filipinos, their word for mountain is bundok, and what they did was they they sort of bastardized that bastardized that into boondocks, which then became like ah. yeah the boondocks the boonies. So. Basically, these mm. take place in flat areas with like lots of corn, like just like highways that are in the middle of nowhere, um, and people will drive along, and these uh, this big 18-wheeler, this huge, like, rig, will just, like, drive them off, and then I guess the Creeper, which wakes up every 18 years or something, will then, like, attack the people. I, so it's, it's a tandem effort between the trucks and the Creeper. Right, I don't believe the Creeper is the one who's driving the truck. I believe the person in the truck is, like, some sort of, like, servant to the Creeper. Of the Creeper, who has a CDL... Or a Class A driver's license, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, hmm. um, which, which is to say, that the villain of this is the
0: Ghost Rig. Yeah, the villain here is the Ghost Rig, and at one point they almost make a joke about it in the episode to say. Uh, the, the cop assumes oh it must be a ghost driver and the gang's like we didn't actually see a ghost driver and throughout this episode we don't meet a ghost driver it's just the ghost rig
1: from start to end I, like i want to describe it uh, I, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with like what a rig is it's like an 18 wheeler you know like it's um, yeah they're used a semi or semi truck is sometime, it's sometimes it's yeah, they called. transport i don't know like food and stuff like across the country
0: yeah, it's a, they transport all kinds of things, all kinds of places. I lived in Las Vegas for a while, which is a company, a, a company, a city, completely sustained, maybe completely, heavily sustained by semi transportation by
1: long haul trucks. Uh, so, and like ghost rig, and you said something about like a ghost driver, kind of calls to mind like you know like Ghost Rider, like the Marvel comics hero. Yeah, it does kind of call that to mind. He, whenever he is on a vehicle he, um, the wheels burst, you know, it becomes like a, like a cool ghost vehicle.
0: Well, that's my assumption, is it's a ghost rig, presumably because the ghost, like, long-haul truck driver died in this rig, but there's no mythology or anything like that around it, that would be like, did, did this rig just die?
1: Like, it just got, got decommissioned and a ghost showed up somehow? Just this one. Like, sp- I'll, I'll say, I'll say this, it looks really, really cool, because, like I think I've hinted at or implied, it is a large semi with flaming wheels. Yeah. um And a little bit sort of like a. Whew, some sort of like spiky, almost like Mad Maxian thing at the front of it at, on its bumper. I guess it does kind of
0: have that. The thing that stood out to me was just like the kind of netty uh, gossamer <laughs> coverings all okay. over it.
1: All right. See, that is what like killed me because. Um, and I don't know why it took me so long to look the, to figure out what the word was. I had to Google keywords it looks like yellow cellophane has been like <laughs> true that's what it- i you know gossamer made me sound made it sound way more high class than it is it's like cellophane this is a cheap ghost like i literally typed into google because i could the, the word would not come to mind i typed into google like prom decorations <laughs> <laughs> it looks like prom decorations yeah it looks so cheapy
0: um, it, but, it, it's, like, from a distance, it looks kind of cool. Like, this is a good-looking show. You can't take
1: that away from Mystery Incorporated. It is a weirdly stark contrast between these this immense vehicle, the flaming wheels, and then, like I said, this, like, yellow cellophane that is sort of, like, adorning the rest of it. The
0: the stylistic choices there are interesting. But the, the ghost ray I, is kind
1: of a footnote in this episode. It, the idea of the villain being a vehicle is actually kind of cool is it
0: carrie is that the stephen king equivalent that we mean we need, we need to bring up
1: K- carrie was like a caroline girl on like the cusp of womanhood you know it was all about yeah she's like the blood and she the was prom. the vehicle she was that the hot rod okay now what's the one i'm thinking of i I I do think there's probably, like, a Stephen King book where it was, like, the car, like, the car, like, dripped blood or something. Christine. Okay, it's Christine. I'm not crazy. It's a C-girl's
0: name was the name of the car, and the car came to life. Yeah. So I think that whole idea is, like, pretty cool. Um, Really? I don't. I mean, I don't. I think that was a dumb movie on Stephen King's part. Stevie, calling you out. You're a longtime listener. You're our top patron, (laughs) but I'm going to tell you what I really think. Okay, so maybe it's not. I, I guess,
1: like, when I think... But it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's sell different. me on it.
0: Sell me on it. What, what do you think would work about it? Because I don't think this episode sells me on it. Christine didn't sell me on it. Carrie didn't sell me on it. Because Carrie didn't even have a car in it. Like you said, it was all about a wo- girl on the cusp of womanhood. Which, apparently, um, is not fun.
1: What is it? Was it the Scooby Coop? That had, like... The car that the, the, the Scooby Coop had the phantom controlled.
0: car, but more than that it had the specter of sports cars. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible. It's kind name. of like the sexy showgirl for the the phantom vehicle. Or it wasn't even a phantom vehicle,
1: it was just a prototype. Right. Um I, I think I think the best monsters capitalize on phobias. Hmm. And I think there's a phobia of like the the things that we trust. Um, sort of like backfiring and like harming us so like I'm in a car and you know like the steering wheel like, has, a, has a life of its own and like I think some people are already afraid of getting into vehicular accidents so to them like have that loss I think is like very frightening yeah and especially it working against you
0: uh, well, I, I guess the thing here then is that the context of this episode doesn't really serve the ghost rig at all I mean, it just kind of catches the gang when the gang happens to be on
1: the road. I think that's the thing. If the gang, like, let's say, you know, they're teens, Mm. right? Let's say that this episode, the context in which it takes place is instead they're on a road trip. Oh, you beat me to it. I was about to say road trip because they have to... But what... Harken it back to, I think, what you called the American-German 2001, like, horror film Jeepers Creepers. Mm -hmm. They're out on the open road in, like, the middle of nowhere. That's where they're being attacked by this huge, like, truck. That's very scary. Mm. And here, the
0: overall premise of Mystery Incorporated works against them because Mystery Incorporated, as a Scooby-Doo series, if you aren't aware, it takes place entirely in Crystal Cove or um, almost entirely
1: almost in, that well it's their base of operations yeah it's it's where they've all grown up and gone to high school or whatever and they've got um, recurring and,
0: secondary characters
1: that we want need to see regularly and hey I'm not complaining one of those
0: recurring secondary characters is Patrick Warburton as the sheriff so that's a thrill every time he shows
1: so I, I think I think the reason it's not as effective as it could be or it's not as frightening because I think a good scooby-doo villain is frightening on some level is because yes
0: and 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 I told you going into this episode, the one thing about this episode is that it was scary.
1: But I was referring to the next episode that I had mistakenly <laughs> seen. This is not at I mean, all that. I think parts of it are scary. When, for our listeners, again, we're not doing a blow by blow. You'll have to watch this episode to sort of connect the dots. But they'll they're driving on like a mm. foggy stretch of road, and and because it's flaming, you can see it, and it's trying to run. It is trying to run them off the road, Jeepers Creepers style, and I. I did think that was, like, pretty tense. It was... The moment... That and the moment where they're all running to get in the
0: van and pile in and peel out really quick before they get crushed. That's a pretty scary, pretty intense moment. I can feel the stakes. Um, but they're so few and far between. So... And I know this series can do scary well. I mean, remember... The creeping uh, creatures. The creeping creatures. Really, really frightening. Terrifying.
1: Really, like, d- too terrifying for Scooby-Doo. So, I-, I think we've talked about the ghost enough. Um, do you want to talk about... Uh, Fred's. Them trying to re elect Fred's dad.
0: Fred's mayoral. Because this dad. isn't.
1: Which. Th- I mean, this, that storyline made me think so much of Steven Universe. And I'm same guessing here, it did. It It really do. did. And I was like, really? oh, they need to find, like, a small. Where is she? Is she, like, Trinidadian or something? Um, like, oh, a, yeah. like a small, like, Trinidadian woman. I think to, so. To, like, be the real mayor. Like, uh,. Um M- Mayor Jones slash Dewey will realize that like he's been in power too long and like, yeah, like he's grown slack and lazy in his duties. And that's kind
0: of what I think is probably the case with Fred's dad, who says like their whole thing is his his job seems to be half getting reelected, half monetizing the mayoral seat with
1: uh, I guess parking meters. So, uh, I mean, Fred's dad is like, son, you know, it's to, time to introduce you to the family business. Being, getting in politics, I guess. And by the end of it, Fred has not gone into politics at all, but he has kind of proven to his dad that traps matter. Yeah, which I think is a nice little arc. Like, at the beginning, Fred is saying, like, Dad, you know kids my age are into traps and solving mysteries? <laughs> which is patently untrue. It's patently, but his dad's like, no, kids are into politics, and it's like... Mm neither of you are right. you're both wrong. <laughs> uh, but it's a fun little I mean it's it's hmm. not particularly consequential to the story but we do we are introduced to a character named um, George Avo- Av- avocados Avocados or avocados
0: as Fred dad Fred's dad calls him. I mean George Avocados is immensely talented when it comes to walking around looking suspicious. He's a red herring dream.
1: The the gang thinks that he almost immediately think that he's the ghost rig guy. But but here's the thing. I think I think that they're connecting dots that are too far apart from one another. Because it Well yeah,
0: because I agree. It's I mean, the what the dot that they connect is the ghost rig, um just kind of appearing and terrorizing people. And another thing which has happened, which we haven't brought up just yet, but it's all the crystal doorknobs being stolen because apparently all the doorknobs in Crystal Cove are crystal, and which was there in the first episode. That I will say
1: they seeded that in there early on. That, yeah, that is really that is really nice. Um, I mean, it turns out that George Avocado's um dad was the former mayor, until he stole a diamond, and the diamond was never found. Now, and and he's running for election as well. He sort of wants to um following his father's footsteps and sort of redeem the family name which I think is kind of cool.
0: It's kind of cool, but I mean his father went to jail for stealing a diamond from the bank. Fred's dad tells us that he's just he's guilty. It happened. And he says that the man's son maintains his innocence. He doesn't say the man maintains his <laughs> innocence. What I'm imagining is that the uh, avocado senior pled guilty. He put up no contest. He maybe took a deal and it, but his son is like no my dad's not guilty and i'm going to run for mayor although his son is grown today and who knows might be a
1: better mayor than fred's dad i feel he must be my here's my main issue my main issue is that mm. the ghost rig and the theft of these uh crystal doorknobs i to me mm-hmm. aren't directly impacting jones's mayor enough for the gang to be like oh um there's a co this is where the the motives. Line yeah, the up.
0: the thread is so tenuous between them. The the fear that's kind of pushed on Mayor Jones, and he doesn't really seem to put a lot of stock into it, is that these crystal doorknobs being stolen are going to hurt his chances of reelection. And I don't know if when my doorknob is stolen, I'm thinking about who I'm going to elect for. Go- I, I mean, this is a small town. I guess
1: that's the only way people can you know lash what? out honestly if if we're gonna talk steven universe which we have a little bit mm. if crystal cove is anything like steven universe if anything bad
0: happens the mayor is blamed the mayor is blamed immediately which is gonna be interesting in steven universe with their new mayor now uh if the if that dynamic is gonna stay the same i think she's just more politically savvy is the thing so she's gonna be able to weather those storms better that's that steven universe talk we're here in scooby-doo land um really the the race between fred's dad and george avocados no one's invested in really why does anyone care why is the gang helping
1: fred's dad Dad. i don't know um it it turns out that daphne was not there to help the gang the gang were providing fred with emotional support they're at his dad's office he has to do these pamphlets daphne was not around she had like something else to do and it
0: turns out oh one rung ladderton ooh rung
1: uh, well, well mm. what what she was doing was like making Fred an ascot. Oh, that's
0: right. She was stitching him an ascot, and her parents kind of forced a play date of a, a playmate with her, uh, by the name of Rung Ladderton, heir to the Ladderton the Ladderton Ladder Company.
1: I love cartoon names that are, like, over the top. Like, you know, that's my jam.
0: Rung Latterton is that. I mean, he. this is the Kevin Dude Meister of Scooby-Doo. I,
1: I love Rung Latterton because it's such clearly not a name, but it sounds like... Like, Rung, they made it sound like a name, like a real name you could call someone.
0: Yeah, but the, th- the thing is, Rung uses his name as a pun... He says, like, at the end of a conversation, okay, got a rung. Like, that's, <laughs> that's your name. I don't know if you can it can have that many
1: meanings. Um, yeah, like you said, heir to the Ladderton Ladder Company, and I really like how they don't beat around the bush that it's ridiculous. I guess. I mean, or that it's not as impressive as all of that. Or that yeah, like that hey. It,
0: It shouldn't be glamorous, but in a small town it would be. I like that it works from that angle. The thing that I like about it because Rung, just so you guys know, he's terrible. He's like he's just the worst date you could imagine. Um, Super presumptuous and full of himself and terrible. Daphne sees that in him. She just kind of goes along with a date for him just on her parents' behalf. And because Fred encourages her to do so,
1: uh, the thing that I love is just how much Fred and Rung get along. Let's I, I really want to skip ahead to that. I want to lay mm. the groundwork a little bit because I do mm. think th- this episode is not great. We are-
0: No, it's not. I feel- We've like, already covered the best stuff. <laughs> well, no,
1: I feel like we're just about to, to cover some of the best stuff, which I think mm. our it will make our listeners think that we really enjoyed this episode. I didn't, but I liked <laughs> the Fred and Daphne stuff. The Fred and um, Daphne stuff, I think, was as good as it's been, and maybe we'll get I here. Ba- Um, Well, for our listeners, Mystery Incorporated is a show that has an overarching mm. narrative throughout the the episodes are connected, and has these little... It's trying to build these relationships between the hetero pairings.
0: Daphne longs for Fred, who is only into traps. Um, Velma kind of already has a thing with Shaggy, but Shaggy is still kind of a little kid, and wants to hang out with Scooby and eat junk food all the time. I think the thing that works best in this episode is that we forget about the Velma shaggy stuff as much as we can. Because... The, there's uh, uh, the briefest of references. Yeah. And it's and it's sort of like swept under the rug. Yeah. The next, uh, the next episode we get into it more, but here it's more on the Velma... Uh, it's more on the Daphne-Fred side, and I think it works better, partly just because we don't have two girls pining over the male characters in this show, which is not very... The optics. are It doesn't bad. look good. That's the most disappointing thing about this whole series to me so far. Um, what were you gonna say about Rung? Our man
1: Rung. Well, <laughs> um, I yeah, I wanted to to sort of just like set the scene a little bit. Um, she comes down. She meets Rung. Rung gives her a really nice pendant. Yeah, and she says, no, I've already got a pendant,
0: because there's this long-running mystery in this series that we aren't doing anything with this episode that involves her having a pendant. It's like, hey, Daphne, you can have two pendants, okay? It's a nice pendant. It's It's... shaped like a ladder because, of course, and it has, like, a little jewel on it. Yeah, like a little diamond thing on it. That's, like,
1: this looks really nice. Keep the pendant, Daphne. Um, Um, I like that Rung is just like, ah, you know, the life of the seventh largest regional ladder manufacturer (laughs) never stops. (laughs) And it's just such a wonderful, I guess, de-escalation. Yeah, seventh largest. It's seventh largest, which is like, ugh, yikes, man. And then like regional, <laughs> and then ladder
0: manufacturer. Ladder manufacturer, just manufacturer. They don't distribute. They don't have the means
1: for that. Um, what I want to hit on next, again, this is right after. Mm. You know, you and I, I feel, if I can speak for both of us, you can try would prefer if Shaggy were vegetarian. We would, and he's not. It's disappointing. Just out of respect for Casey Kasem, for our listeners who don't know.
0: And, I, I mean, Casey Kasem was a vegetarian himself, so he always wants Shaggy to be a vegetarian, which is not borne out from early episodes of Scooby-Doo, but is present in some iterations. And I just like the, the kind of interesting gag of there being a vegetarian who is a total glutton. Yeah, it's and fun. I... That's kind of a fun thing on its own, and they maintain that in the Scooby-Doo movie, the live-action original
1: movie, that was great. Here they don't. Uh, The sort of connection I want to make uh, with Jackie Beagle Vegetarian is, um, Daphne's parents would really love her and Rung to get together. I mean, they they want the best for their daughter, they don't think Fred is the best. He's the mayor's son, but he's, you know, he's a weird kid. And also,
0: he has not given Daphne the time of day, which is really just, I mean, parents being real with her
1: at that stage um so i think it's i think it's mrs um blake who says Mm. darling think about it like trying a new cut of meat (laughs) which is like first of all mom gross
0: do do you try a new cut of meat very often what what does she say it like is that all that she
1: says uh well and well daphne's rebuttal is so odd she's just like i don't even like meat I like vegetables, <laughs> and and then she likens Fred to a vegetable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is, he kind of is. It's not completely inaccurate. Uh, the she, the reason she goes on that date with Wrong is ultimately because she tells Fred about it as like to try and rouse him into jealousy, and he gives her nothing, little and less. And I love that. That was a great gag. I uh,
1: Fred is Fred is someone i think you want to be friends
0: with i think you definitely do i mean he he is enamored with rung right away because rung also is an ascot man ascot gotta recognize ascot and fred just compliments him like oh you're the ladderton fortune well a sturdy
1: ladder is hard to come by thank you for that and rung's rung appreciates that uh daphne has a date um and i guess we want to talk this sort of like brings us into talking about crystal cove as a town the date is at a place called, uh is it The Bloody Steak? The Bloody Steak, S-T-A-K-E,
0: like the thing you'd stab a vampire with, and it's a Halloween-themed uh restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like a spooky, spooky, like, yeah, themed diner, well, it, it, not diner, sorry, it is a nice... Looking restaurant. Yeah, she uh, orders several hands of French fries, and I think the French fries look like long fingers. This is a weird thing. There's the veg, the veg, vegetable th- comment, and then this as well made me think that like, Daphne is like, has some shaggy esque tendencies in this episode. Huh. Because so there, yeah. was, there was that. While she's waiting she for a lot of food for Rung, who has stood her up, mm-hmm. um, sh- she says that she's already had, and I quote. 12 hands full of finger fries
0: 12 hands full of finger That's fries a lot of fries they were huge listeners dear listeners they were enormous like as they big were big as they could be much larger than regular size fingers oh yeah these are massive hands of fries uh it's it's a great comment you have there that daphne has some shaggy-esque
1: qualities i think it's true she, at least she in eats this 12 episode hands of fries and then when Rung arrives, she's eating like an entree.
0: She has a different thing, and Rung, he's a, he's a jerk. He grabs her food and starts eating it himself. And he's like, oh, why don't you order yourself something? And she looks at him angrily. And granted, he shouldn't have stolen her food, but are you still hungry, Daphne? <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe Fred shows up at this point, or the gang shows up. And, and here's where you were talking about, that they get along swimmingly. Or, or at least at the outset, Fred
0: loves Rung. And Rung comes to, like, Rung is a jerk to Fred and, like, keeps, like, trying to just being snooty with him. But Fred is so nice that Rung comes to like him. And the two take off their ascots one after another and, like, throw them
1: over each other's necks. Like, they swap ascots. It's Pink it's for orange. I believe it's prompted because Fred says, um, asks him about his ascot size. He's like... I'm a 16.5 but sometimes it swells out to a 19 when it's humid um, and after he compliments Rung as you said about like a good sturdy ladder like that's useful Rung warms to him and like you yeah and then there's mm-hmm. an exchange and it turns and out it... Rung is also 16 and a half but stretches when it gets
0: humid and by the way does that mean you need a bigger shirt when it's humid because it'll the shirt stretches or like the ascot stretches Or shrinks or does Fred's
1: neck expand as I originally thought why would it a a 19 you would think would be a larger size yeah if anything it maybe you have a 19 size ascot but in the humidity it swells and it becomes a 16.5 yeah because there's less neck room they
0: said it the opposite way as if Fred's neck takes on so much moisture when it's humid out; it stretches <laughs> to a size nineteen, as I imagined it. Let listeners—we know this is the part you wanted to hear more about. So, breakdown on teen necks. We've talked about rung Ladder Tim. We've ch- talked about George Avocados. Uh, we've talked about uh, the ghost truck. There's really nothing else to talk about more but the crystal doorknobs,
1: I think. Well, can I say that Mm. I thought Fred and Rung looked really good with their exchanged ascots? I kind of wish that stuck. I mean, at the
0: end, oh, should I jump? We're jumping a little far to the end to say who the villain was. It's not George Avocados. It's not George Avocados. It's not Skipper Shelton, who we meet very briefly, who runs the Clam Cabin.
1: Um, Skipper Shelton is sort of like a Mr. Krabs-voiced... Vo- or Mr. Krabs-sounding, grizzled sailor type. His most um, noticeable feature being that he has a uh, nose patch. Yes. He, and
0: he had a nose clipped off by a clam many years ago, which I like. Um, but it's not him either. No, the villain, I'll reveal it now, it was Rung Latterton.
1: And, and I will say, I like...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like the fact that all of these you know what I'm saying I like it but I there holes in it that I'm gonna poke in immediately (laughs) yeah I like this I like this I like this but then again it all sucked um so the reason that um George's dad the the diamond was never found is because he basically swapped out a crystal doorknob with the diamond yeah and, and to
0: one thing I have to say here is that this exposition, as all exposition relating to the crystal doorknobs, just comes to us after the fact. Like, the gang like, oh, this is what happened. We don't learn about that, there's no clues that reveal it, it's just at the very end they just drop that knowledge on us. But yeah, the diamond that was stolen was swapped out with just one of these crystal doorknobs and... Uh, Rung Ladderton was going around stealing all doorknobs trying to find that one.
1: And he, he there were so many doorknobs to
0: be stolen. That's why he needed a large truck. So he could take them all to a secret hideout. And it, it, he had a very secret hideout outside of town. Like, you had to press this one part on a cliff wall, and then this other oh, part popped okay. up, and then this other third part popped he, up after he, you... Here's what I want to talk
1: about. Um, yeah, are we going to talk about this? Yeah. I, like, I like doing the blow-by-blows because i can describe things in humorous ways (laughs) Um, give it to me and at one point uh like you said like there's a lever that's pulled and the lever like opens up like a panel and like this cliff face and there there's like a triangle rock and a square rock and And also right
0: next to a triangle hole and a square hole like they're
1: right there (laughs) and i really wanted it to be like like, when, when babies have, like, those Tinker Toys, <laughs> and they try to ram, like, a square peg through, like, a circle. You really wanted them to struggle with that puzzle for a minute. And, and like, the baby is, like, frustrated. It's just, like, trying to, like, ge- that's, what, that's what I wanted to see, like, ideally. Well, the thing is that there is, like, three steps to getting into the secret
0: cave. The first one is finding a well-hidden lever. But beyond that, it's like these... So stupid puzzles. It's like first grade level point and click adventure games. Um, um. It, it, yeah, just Rung Ladderton. So Rung Ladderton's plan was steal all the crystal knobs in the city and drive them all out of town in a semi. He need there were so many knobs that he needed a semi for it. But How many trips did he need to make with that semi, such that he's running people off the road and getting noticed a whole bunch? Because he goes out more than one night in this
1: thing. And I think the thing is, why run people off the road? Why not have your uh, crystal doorknob transportation vehicle be as incognito as possible? That's what I was gonna say. Is like sedan, a gray sedan or tan, a tan sedan yo okay hold i'm gonna i'm gonna go a step further and say that he didn't need to take the crystal doorknobs at all really well he, okay you know that diamonds are like very um dense carbon so he like, could have just hard. like waited in the moment he basically could have just like gotten a, something that scratched like something that can scratch glass and just scratched kept scratching crystal doorknobs until he found one that he couldn't scratch, and that would be uh, the diamond yeah. doorknob.
0: That's a good. Gr- That's-, That's a great point, and he, like a sheet of a piece of glass versus renting a semi for several weeks. When he's low on money, because apparently, here's the reason he did it, uh, because Evan's shaking his head like this is so stupid, and you're right, Evan. It is. It's dumb. It is very dumb. <laughs> the thing with ladders... You know why ladder businesses never make money? They're notoriously hard to run. It's because once you sold a ladder, that person will never buy a ladder again. Ladders are too... They last too long. That You can't plan obsolescence with a ladder like you can an iPhone battery. When you sell a ladder, it's there for life. So, this is how Rung Ladderton needs to make money now.
1: I mean, like, it's... It's patently untrue.
0: Yeah, it's so dumb. No. If you sell a good product, like, if you make a good ladder, then, first of all, you won't be the seventh biggest distributor. Because <laughs> there's six people who make better ladders than you out there. That's what I hear from that. Just in the region. But, no, like, no, people do need new ladders. And, like, businesses need ladders. Like, I don't
1: know. Why am I talking? Why, do I, why am I schooling wrong in this? I think, I think on the best of days, Scooby-Doo teaches children something. And this is like... This is not the best of days. No! You're... <laughs> a kid, okay, I can just imagine a kid who was watching Mystery Incorporated on TV, uh, they're with their their uh, parent, their father, or their mother, whatever, just walking through like a Home Depot, and they're like, look at all these ladders, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the sad thing about this is that all these companies are going to go out of business.
0: <laughs> and, like, if you're if you're a kid like I was a kid and you take that idea and you extend it to other things, it's like, oh, man, mirror
1: manufacturers. Well, honestly, here's the thing. You can extend it to almost literally anything. Almost like, anything oh, man. that you don't regularly think about, replace. Think about forks. Once you have a fork, you got a fork for life. Forks for life. life. The fork industry is going under.
0: Yeah, it's going down. It's... uh. uh On the other side of it, I will say that I think the villain in this episode, for modern Scooby-Doo, this is the most realistic kind of villain we've had. Like, it's just a dude in a semi. Most villains that we're seeing made in this day and age are, like, robotic suits and holograms and hydromimetic gel uh, is what we covered last week. (laughs) That's correct. So, that part is a little bit more realistic. Uh, Yeah, I'm just not crazy about the... uh... Rung Latterton stuff. Um,
1: But Rung Latterton was our villain. He was. Oh, Rung. Uh, Here's a little piece of trivia for you and our listeners. Both Rung Latterton and George Avocados were voiced by the same person. James Arnold Taylor. He literally voiced the only two possible culprits in this entire episode.
0: You know what? That's crazy because George Avocados and Rung Latterton also dressed alike, and kind Kind of of looked alike. Kind of preppy a little bit. I mean... Kind of preppy and, like, very green.
1: They both had... Rung Latterton, mind you, or for our listeners, is, like, a young preppy white kid. And George Avocados, despite his very Greek-sounding name, is an older black man.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, it's... George Avocados wears all green with a green cravat, Rung Latterton wears the as a pink ascot and pink turtleneck under a green, like Ivy League sports coat. They,
1: they they seem to have a lot of similarities.
0: Yeah, I I could not believe they were not related at the end of it. That there was no connection there. But they suspected George Avocado so hard, so early, so aggressively. We knew it couldn't be that.
1: Um, since since we are sort of talking about the the end of the mystery, I think it's a good time to just talk about the conclusion um you know how a lot of scooby-doo episodes used to end I mean, you mean with like a little gag just with scooby i mean uh, yeah there's one uh, this is uh, for our listeners we haven't done this in a very long time i apologize if you uh donate a certain amount of patreon you will have access to this episode we did a zero episode um well, shoot what was it called there was, like, that Count Chocula-looking guy. Um, high-rise hair raiser.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what you're referring to. Sorry, I'm a little um, lost.
1: At, at the end of that episode, uh, the, the police make Scooby, like, an honorary... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something or other. Honorary police right? dog they, or something like that. And they give him, like, a pizza. Mm. And it's like, yes, Scooby, like, you did it. And, and that's not out of place within, like, the franchise, many episodes end with, like, ah, oh, Scooby you are, like, the real hero. Yeah, he gets You're a medal. The who, he who gets a
0: something or other. He get, Scooby gets some kind of reward. Often very he honor receives, He's the one who receives the accolades. Accolades, yeah. Um, and here, what is it he gets? Because, at the end of it, Fred doesn't get anything from his dad, even though, like, you might think nepotism might play a role in his direction. It's Scooby who gets the mayor's favor.
1: Yeah, so, um, First of all, the ghost rig is is stopped or caught due to a trap of Fred's devising, which I want very eagerly want to get to. Um, we will talk about yeah. But it turns out that the diamond was found, and <laughs> because the diamond was found, um, this is great. Uh, it. It's 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 a really I wrote this is a weird ending. It's very bizarre because um, the mayor's just like I've created an honorary office of pizza affairs, and then it's Scooby Doo, obviously, and then Scooby says his his catchphrase, you know the um the catchphrase that he's always saying. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the classic yeah, Scooby. Uh, Na- uh, it's not
0: well, Scooby Doo. Uh, well, Rubby Doo. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to push me to say? Yes.
1: <laughs> <gasps> well, Ruby, do. <laughs> and, and, and oh, it's so terrible. Um, it's uh, do you, like, do you know? Because I wrote it down. No, I don't know. Uh, what was it for real? Uh, I mean, his catchphrase, I guess, is a uh, Scooby, yummy, yummy, do. Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> I'd forgotten that, but you're right. He says Scooby Yummy Yummy Doo.
1: And <laughs> it's like, Scooby, where,
0: where is this coming from?
1: What the heck? What's your this basis for this? If,
0: has this actor ever seen a full episode of Scooby Doo, or has all of their research only taken them 18 minutes in? This is...
1: Oh, man. Which episode was it where he said, well, rub- do Doo? Uh, the episode it before was, last, I think. Yeah, it
0: was one of the very recent ones that we did from very early on. It was the second episode ever.
1: Oh, it was it was um Castle in the Castle. Yeah, Castle in the Castle. Well, do I just think it's a bizarre close. Like like why why is the mayor bestowing like I said like an, this particular accolade on Scooby? The, like why the only thing that precedes that that sets it up is
0: that when the gang the gang finds out all the door handles are being stolen because they go to the uh, clam cabin that Skipper runs and they find it's closed because it's door handle isn't there. When they say where they else they want to go, Shaggy says Scoob has it covered because Scoob just got every well, pizza place in town tattooed on his tongue. Velma tries to be like well, Shaggy, like, I have food at my house. We can go back there, and Shaggy's like, No, look at look at Scooby's tongue. But
1: that's such a weird one-off as well, because it's like, Scooby, like, tattooed, like you, like, you actually, like, actually tattooed something on your tongue. Yeah, they show it
0: on his tongue, a detailed tattoo. It's not tattoo like a temporary, of, it's not like you drew it there. Nope. And on his tongue as well, which is like, Scooby, such you can't taste as well such a part of now. the body. Yeah, and, like, that's ruining your sense of taste. You can get to the pizza place, but you no longer
1: can appreciate the pizza there. Oh, oh Scoob. So, wait, were you connecting that back to the reason the mayor made him? I think that that's... I'm only thinking it but now, but I think
0: that must be the reason. There's
1: no other reason.
0: There's certainly... You know, like, if there is if there is a reason, it's that reason. But with this show, there might not be.
1: I, I don't know um, how the writer's room arrived at that, because, honestly, it was, it was nice that there was this acknowledgement where the dad was like oh, you know, like traps, sure it, but to pivot into like Scooby is feels awkward and unearned I, I, think,
0: I think they're doing exactly what you indicated which is that old episodes ended with Scooby getting some kind of accolade or praise or recognition for the work that he did and it's more appropriate for it to go to him because it can't go to any of the other humans, it'll elevate any of the other humans, <laughs> any of the humans as it'll <laughs> elevate one over another <laughs> Scooby's people. Um, what I'd love to talk about now, if we can, would be Fred's
1: trap, which is a the rubiest of Rube Goldberg's. F- Fred's trap has a number of components. Two components in partic- particular stood out to me. One of which was a gigantic crossbow, like a ballista yeah, almost. That definitely stood out to me towards the end of the trap. The part that
0: stood out to me most was the very beginning. Uh, and it's right on the tail end of a car chase scene, which is was pretty thrilling. I, I gotta say, I, I think they do a good job with the cha- the car stuff in this version of Scooby Doo. But the th- the way the Rube Goldberg machine started out, do you remember that, Evan? Uh, you you'll have to refresh my memory. Fred says to Scooby to use like a straw as a blow dart thing with a Scooby snack to shoot and blow that Scooby snack to hit the start button on a record player from the moving mystery machine vehicle i'm sorry that was complicated let me say it again fred instructs scooby to blow a scooby snack through a straw as the mystery machine is peeling
1: through city hall chased by the ghost rig which which mind you city hall looks is is larger as large at least as at least as large as Grand yeah. Central Station. Well, yeah, it's like, I was going to say a basketball stadium or something like that. It's, And that is enormous. not an exaggeration, because n- near the end of this episode, the Mystery Machine drives into City Hall and is chased and only the by the go- ghost rig. Like They
0: both bust the sides of the door a little bit, but they have no problem driving around inside this, this room. But Scooby shoots through a straw, a Scooby snack from the Mystery Machine to hit a record player to start it, and that begins the Rube Goldberg. The record... Spins so fast, it flies up into the air and shoots off, cutting a rope, which sets off a number of other events that I don't have written down. The the
1: other component that is, like, bonkers, like bananas to me, is it's a gigantic above-ground tank with a, an a shark enormous <laughs> great white in shark, it, shark in I it. Think. It's so, it's like, in any other Scooby-Doo episode, this shark would be the monster. yeah. And it's a
0: footnote here, like so many things in this episode. It's barely even there. It's never even like, referenced. What it, no,
1: H- here it's referenced a little bit in a hilarious oh, visual gag. In after, um, after everything's been wrapped up, after Fred's dad is like, "Yeah, like traps are fine." Um, mm. there is a different. Uh, there's a flatbed. No, is a flatbed like a <sighs> little? No, flatbeds are big. Eh, I, right. I think a flatbed's like. Uh, kind of big, not that big. I don't know okay. what what happens. Well, it, it's like it's like a large trucker, like semi-ish, mm. but like the 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 shark is being removed from City Hall, <laughs> so they, they acknowledge its existence as part of the trap, and that they now have to like rem- yeah get yeah, rid of like it. Like they
0: have to get it out, and and Fred put it in there, which says something about Fred's upbringing and how much money he has at his disposal. Oh. Really, he should be a more viable pick. From the Blake's perspective, just given how moneyed and politically well-seeded he
1: is, maybe Fred just has shark connections. Maybe he just has a shark guy. Uh, here's here's one last thing that I think can mm. um, can sort of round out our coverage because this is and and I think we can talk about it for a little bit. Um, it also uh, touches on one of your favorite characters. Okay. I I don't know if you've been honing your accent. That I was going to ask you. Not
0: really. I have not. I thought I should for this, but I don't have my Patty Warbucks impression down. Um, when
1: when the gang is first, first comes across the sheriff. Um, the sheriff, upon hearing the existence of a ghost rig, hold on, let me search for it in my notes. His his initial reaction is not oh a gigantic. Uh, semi with flaming tires that's running vehicles off the road his initial reaction is oh a new tourist attraction nice
0: <laughs> and that is how they treat it and that's consistent in the series that he views these things very very lightly but does believe
1: them and and it's all and also um the mayor is saying like oh you know like they they caught this ghost truck um he's actually not so much um, he's not so much proud of his son for stopping the ghost truck, he's proud of his son for finding the missing diamond. And that
0: makes up for his son stopping the ghost truck, it which mi- he sees he as a negative and presents to the town people, not, doesn't even try and put a positive spin on it. He says, look, Fred effed up and caught the ghost truck guy.
1: Yeah. He, and they he actually, all boo. This is how he describes it. The missing diamond makes up for the lost revenue stream of the ghost truck. Yeah, the ghost truck, which has been here for
0: two weeks, and they're already counting on it as a tourist attraction.
1: It's like, look, as tourist attractions go, this is a large semi that runs vehicles off the road.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's such a crappy tourist attraction.
1: People need to take people need to drive vehicles to get to your job. No no,
0: no, no, it's actually brilliant because it <laughs> strands people in Crystal Cove so they then have to go to all the other tourist attractions. It's the tourist attraction of tourist attractions. Oh my gosh, dude. Forget, I didn't even remember that. Oh my gosh. I
1: actually really like their obsession with just like uh like we need we need mysteries. Like we need uh, draws we need people to come here and our, our stupid kids keep debunking yeah they
0: keep debunking all these perfectly good tourist attractions that are effective the very first episode opens up with very eager tourists going on tours of these things
1: oh man it just <laughs> I, that really that tickles me and, and I'd like I like to think that when it played out to its extreme hmm. it's these adults begging their children to stop solving these mysteries I love that
0: I did not love this episode, but I love talking to you about it. There's just one more thing I'd like to do before we uh, wrap up with our outro. And that is talk out what we would have liked to see as scooby Dukes because we didn't have them. Oh,
1: man. This is so hard. For our listeners who are not aware, we will make you aware. The Scooby-Doope is when typically Scooby and Shaggy create a scenario for the monster, the ghoul, the ghost... That is so, the, the social pressures are so great that they're forced to comply and play along with it. Yeah, so Scooby and Shaggy will start a little improv scene and
0: draw the monster into it. And that will give them a chance to escape or, or something. And it doesn't happen here. Kind of understandably, because they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with the ghost rig. But I say there can always be a scooby dupe. So what would the one be this time?
1: Okay, do you have one in mind? I don't no i I should have thought of something but i didn't do you remember that one kurt russell movie that we saw (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) just oh what was it called we looked it up once but i don't remember it but it's it's there was just that one scene where (laughs) kurt russell well there were a few scenes there was one scene where he holds a gun like he's never he doesn't know how it works and then beats a guy with it he holds
1: it from this side yeah. He does a pistol whip the he guy. Doesn't
0: pistol whip him, yeah, like a normal human would. But he holds it from the side like a rock and then bashes a the guy's face with it. And then there's at, the at later a later scene where the one truck is like
1: revving and humping the other truck, which is all I can think of in this case, that they they would want they would try to coax this ghost rig into enacting vehicular love onto another um, truck. But that can't be. I mean. It's a children's show, so yeah. let me let me think. Okay, he, here's one. It's not great. Okay. Um. But um, Shaggy would come out in a very bad, um, Ghost Rider outfit. You know, it's not like he has like a, uh, uh, like a skull mask, and maybe Scooby is like, um, he has like. Red cellophane, and he's sort of like wisping it behind Shaggy's head to make it look like flames. <laughs> um, and Shaggy uh, puts on like a raspy voice, but it's still sort of him. And uh, he's just like, oh, I, I'm, I can't put those two voices together. But he's like, ah, like I've, I've been looking all over for you. Like, <laughs> my, you're like that. He's the owner of the truck, essentially. Oh, okay. So he owns both these vehicles. So that and, makes and, sense because there's no ghost truck driver. Exactly. So he. That's the that's scooby Doop and, and so, the, the, because it's hinted that this truck has some form of sentience, so the truck has to, like, pause and be like, are you my real driver? I think the, the capper to that is the motorcycle being
0: jealous, potentially. But maybe we don't get that far. Uh, the scooby Doop I was thinking I, I'd really like to see, would be that Scooby and Shaggy pretend to be uh, guys at a weight check station. For the truck and oh. then there's a fat shaming portion where they, <laughs> they criticize the truck and they make it lose its cargo that's very good that's very and the, good the way they it loses the cargo is that it vomits it out through its um hood <laughs> into a big truck toilet <laughs> I feel bad saying that, because you said it
1: was really good, and now I'm ruined <laughs> it. Yeah, you, you, wait, you wait until I've hitched my wagon to you, and then you drive off the cliff.
0: <laughs> but no, I, I think the weight check station is the... Because it needs to humanize the villain somehow. That's kind of a, a, a an element of the scooby Doop, and that's hard for the truck.
1: I do like that a lot. Well, I, I think that that's very solid, actually. Um and i think that's it we we stretched this out a little bit more than
0: we thought but we managed to make a full episode out of this which i thought we'd be 20 minutes in and out no such luck listeners
1: I, or such luck i had fun though i i think we i had fun too this was a fun episode we talked about some really fun to talk about topics.
0: but dude i it's gonna be another 11 episodes off i can't wait to talk to you about the next one uh the man crab episode 11 episodes of out, the man crab. So like three
1: months from now is when we'll be touching be on three, this again it's so long <laughs> it will literally take us years to finish the first season of this show yeah literal well, no wonder it feels
0: like it it might be not entirely the show's fault it feels like it's going slowly and with that let's turn to the outro so, Evan, would you mind running through for our listeners really quickly? Where are the places they can follow up with us
1: online? Oh, man. We've never been so businesslike. We've never. I, yes. I'm shocked and taken aback.
0: That, that I'm being so direct and like, Evan, to do the outro, do it. Um, yeah, no. If you have a gag, you can sure, do it.
1: Sure, I can do it. I can do it. Um, you can. Uh, Facebook and Twitter are our two social media platforms. I schedule mostly the same stuff. Um, On both, there are a few differences. Facebook is just facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. Twitter, it's at the Scooby Dudes. And if you could um, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, that'd be great. Yeah, be amazing. I would also mention that
0: you can shoot us an email with scoobydudespodcast at gmail.com. It would mean the world to us if you wrote us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you do, we'll read it on air, whatever you write. Finally, second to finally, actually, scoobydudes.com. We've got a website. That's a great portal where you can see funny screenshots, captions, uh, show notes,
1: corrections, and original title card art every week. Yeah, our title card still being done by the immensely talented Claire. You can still find her at, uh, at her Tumblr, which is Moon, which is S-P-A-R-E-M-O-O-N, sparemoon.tumblr.com. Um, I think-
0: we appreciate her so much that we pay her monies for her beautiful work that she does on our show. Uh, and we get those monies in part from Patreon, patreon.com slash Scooby Dudes. It's a uh, great place you can go if you'd like to get some additional content from your favorite dudes and uh, and
1: support some artists that you love. We, we do pay artists. We do have other bills to pay just in regards to hosting and that sort of thing. And, and it's all out of our own pockets. Anything you can do to help it would be great. And we will also... Uh, we, we provide bonus content. It's not that you're just giving us money. You're getting, you're getting something extra back in return. Yeah, and and you'll get some recognition
0: as well. For instance... Um, we shout out every week the people who donate to us. Um, not exactly that. We don't shout out every week, like the week of January 15th through twenty. No, no, we shout out every week. We shout out our patrons, the people. Hmm. Do you like this? I, I, don't, I don't. I really hate it. I, can we redo the whole episode? <laughs> Just knowing that it ended this way kind of poisoned oh, the rest of we, we were doing me. so
1: well, too. You were just like, ah, oh,
0: do this, like, say this, yeah, say this, do say that, this. Do this. And, then, and then I stopped, and I'm like, oh, I can neither go back and erase that, nor can I turn it into something funny. But no, we shout out our patrons every single week to show them how much we appreciate them. Not just the first time, but every week. But as it happens, we do have a first-timer this week.
1: Here, okay, so our listeners who have been with us our day ones they've been listening to us Mm. since the beginning have heard us build up our our list of patrons and along this journey they will know that at two different junctures much to my (laughs) immense (laughs) dismay um someone named luke has donated to us
0: and then that, and then realized that that person could game the system to get a second shout out by giving two very small donations, both of which when put together don't make a still make a small donation. Luke and also Luke are two of our donors, and incredibly, we're rounding out these numbers with another Luke this week. Even more incredibly, this is not
1: me. It's I hate look, I hate the fact that that every week we're gonna say all the names of our patrons and their name will have to join and and here's the thing for people who don't know the donors are luke and and put i'm putting quotes around it also luke also luke who is the name of the other donor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: two separate entries with my two separate emails and now we've got uh now we've got another luke a not me luke I'm just. I'm happy that we get to have another Luke in the the Patreon screen. I I, I
1: do want to say, uh, Luke, the Luke who just donated to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This the superior. Yeah. Luke. What, do,
0: what do you want to say to him? Go ahead. Uh, say, say it again and say his name first again.
1: N- he's
0: Well, hey, this, he donated us money, Evan. Thank him. This particular, thank him to his name.
1: This particular Luke, not the Luke who I am currently co-hosting this podcast with. Don't qualify that, it. He doesn't want that. That dude is great, and I appreciate his donation. And Wait, he's who's a, great? He's a stellar gentleman.
0: Who's a who's a stellar gentleman again? Sorry, I uh, don't know. Who are we talking about? I'm talking about the Luke, not oh, you. We're talking about Luke. Luke is a stellar gentleman. You're saying not you. Yeah? not me well you said luke Huh
1: oh. hmm okay i swear i'm gonna well, make one okay, of those okay that luke i'm gonna uh, make one of bug- those not you memes <laughs> <laughs> and thank all you, the luke. other pictures are gonna be this guy except for you right in the middle i i
0: also want to thank you luke as well as luke and also luke for your donations I swear, it means if the world to us, this
1: guy's a donor because of you. I will
0: never forgive you. He's our third best Luke donor. <laughs> he's
1: our—he's objectively our best Luke donor.
0: <laughs> okay, he'll have to out-donate at least one of the other Lukes if he wants to be better than them. As it is, he's tied with them at the bare minimum. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, I, I'm kidding. He's tied with them at a very respectable amount. Good job, Luke. Oh, big man. Big man has a hundred cents to throw around every month.
1: Don't slow clap. (laughs) A hundred pennies.
0: You sure you don't need those, Luke? Sure you don't have any grocery shopping you got to do this month? Wow, we can have it? A hundred whole pennies for real? Oh, thank you, <laughs> sir. Thank you. <laughs> okay,
1: I swear. <laughs> I've never been so frightened that someone was going to withdraw their donation.
0: I don't, I don't know why I feel more comfortable roasting this guy, because we don't know him personally, or because his name is Luke, but Luke, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I want to offer... Uh, just a a huge apology he does not represent me (laughs) he does represent the podcast in part technically unfortunately unfortunately, you can't
0: take my name off of the podcast you probably could i wouldn't stop you (laughs) um i also really quick let's shout out all of our other donors who donate to us on such a regular appreciated basis thank you to these people
1: outside of that what else can we say evan uh not not much that we've already said. I, I feel like I feel like we've already one of us has already burned a bridge and that had been <laughs> had been newly erected. Sorry man